What's up, folks? Welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight with Brandon, back with another edition of the Solo Show Saga. Now, obviously, the big news this week was uh, old Hurricane Ian coming through and killing all those people in Florida. And look, that's obviously a tragedy. I don't endorse killer hurricanes. I never have. Okay? If someone can find me evidence that I ever endorsed hurricanes, I'll still deny it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a tragedy, clearly. People are dead. What an odd way to die. Not the hurricane part, but like drowning in your living room. Because drowning is like one of the ways I don't want to go because I've already died that way before. I just came back. But, uh, yeah, drowning's a shitty way to die. Doing it in your living room must be pretty, must be quite a trip, really. You know? Like, if there's one place I don't expect to drown, it's in my house. You know? I mean, like, unless I'm in a bath, I guess. But outside that, there's not very many opportunities to, to drown indoors. So that's a horrifying thing that those people probably had to go through, but an interesting thought experiment on my end. So, you know, I'd say hopes and prayers, but they probably more like need insurance coverage at the moment. Does not look good. Gonna be honest. Uh, but no, that was bad. The real tragedy this week was that Fat Lizzo disgraced an American icon and one of our, our early patriots and people who, who helped start this country, James Madison. She played his crystal flute while twerking on stage. Horrifying. Horrifying. To think that Lizzo would do something so, so egregious to American history. Now, I think my problem with it is just that she's gross. But let's, let's bring up the video so you can uh, get the context. All right, so this is Lizzo getting the crystal flute, one of James Madison's heirlooms, and playing it in, I guess that's a leotard, but, like, it's so ill-fitting for her that it's probably more correct to call it like leotarded because that looks dumb like and I don't know there's there's a lot wrong going on there let's, let's play the video god she's really just a whale of a woman you know I hate to be fat shaming but Christ it would have been great if she had dropped this fucking flute like when someone drops like the national championship trophy in college football and it just shatters. She had already played this flute earlier at the archives or whatever, fully clothed, and actually was pretty goddamn good with it. This gal can play the flute, I'll tell you that. She may be, you know, horrendously obese, but she's got chops on the flute. So her saying, you know, this is 
not going to play well or like it's like like playing crystal you're you're lying right there okay i didn't see you play it maybe she can't let her audience know that she knows how to play like a white flute or a flute that's you know commonly associated with white people i don't think that many people out there were like who's this famous american's flute i don't think many people were like uh 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 frederick douglas no, no, they immediately probably went, I don't know, who's the gayest president? Oh, here we go. We've got one note. See, she's not even really twerking. She's just kind of jiggling her fat. She's pretty much just like a human, like, jello mold. Like, it can't twerk, but if you hit it, it'll, you know, it'll wiggle. You know, the fat will vibrate. Can't really twerk when you have that much, you know, that much fat surrounding all of the muscles. Kind of defeats the purpose. So, yeah, that's what I also found weird. She fucking plays two notes, shakes her ass, and then gives it back. Also, no one in this audience knows who James Madison is. We just made history tonight. Now, that's interesting that she says that. Because most of the people I saw online thought it was funny that a fat black pop star was playing a proud slave owner's flute, which is, I mean, that is pretty funny. Don't get me wrong. That's a pretty good bit. Uh, so I don't, this how I know she was probably playing in front of a bunch of white people because uh, only they would be like, yeah, sure, James Madison's crystal flute. You go, girl. I hope one day they have like Hunter Biden's crystal crack pipe. In that same library. You know? And in like 25 years or some shit. 80 years down the line. You know, one of the current whatever the fuck music is. Pop stars of that era. Goes to the White House and. Gets the honor and privilege of smoking crack out of. Hunter Biden's precious crystal crack pipe. One of only 69 ever made in the world. Because that, that's pretty much the equivalent of this. Also, they want to say it's like it's racist or getting mad about Lizzo playing James Madison's flute, which, like, of course the actual racists are. But it would be funny to imagine, like, a KKK member having to be like, no, we can't have her playing James Madison's crystal flute. Look, I know a crystal flute is pretty gay. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's it's a really gay instrument, man. I'm, I'm kind of saying that I have to defend it. But I'll be damned if that fat black woman's going to play, play our dear former president's crystal flute. I don't care how gay it is. At this stage in history, if you told one of your friends, like, hey, you know, I'm getting into playing the flute, so I bought a crystal flute. You'd you'd probably be you'd, they'd probably be like, "Are you gay?" 
Is this, are you coming out to us right now? Is that what's happening? Because he's the only way to have a flute that's gayer than like just a normal flute is like, well, what if we made it of crystal? I did read that there's only like 150 of them left in the world, so it is probably pretty valuable. And the other part of the story with it is that's like the only thing or one of the few things his wife saved when the British came and burned down the White House. Which I would have liked to, you know, know the the conversation that went on there when they were trying to decide, you know, what do we save? The British are coming to burn this bitch to the ground. And his wife was just like, don't forget the crystal flute. It's irreplaceable. And maybe they were right. I don't know. James Madison's never been one of my uh, one of my all-time presidents. And I don't think the crystal flute helps him. Solid gold flute? That I could get behind. Donald Trump would take that, and I guarantee you he didn't even know how to play a lick of music. Look, nobody knows flutes like I do, okay? I made a solid gold flute because only the finest flutes for my people. Trump flutes, they're coming out soon. But her being like, we're making, we made history tonight. Could you imagine showing that to, like, the women in Iran right now? who are just getting, you know, murdered for taking off their hijab. You know, showing them this of fat fucking Lizzo wearing a see-through leotard that's doing as much work as it possibly can to stretch over her whale of a body, playing that flute and being like, this is history in America, okay? Those Iranian women would probably put their fucking hijabs back on and be like, well, that's worse. Let's just go back to, you know, basically slavery. This is why nobody can take our country seriously. There's other countries out there, like, pushing for real rights, you know, at the risk of legitimate death. I mean, the Iranian government is just shooting fucking protesters left and right. They do not give a shit. Uh... Wow, we're out here, you know, acting like we're breaking historical barriers by letting Lizzo twerk with James Madison's gay crystal flute. I'd also love to know who decided to set that up. Because that sounds like an SNL bit, to be honest. You know, what if we had Lizzo playing James Madison's crystal flute which accidentally brings him back from the dead, but he's ho- so horrified that a black person is playing his flute, he kills himself again. What about that? I think the people would really like that. Actually, that's not a bad bit. Because he was a very proud slave owner, you know. So if you did, you know, bring him back, I can imagine him just being freaked out, like, why is the slave playing my flute? Why? Who gave this to her? Who taught them to play the flute? The real moral of the story is the simulation continues to just, you know, break more. We're getting scenarios that are so ridiculous when said out loud that it's hard to not think, you know, something else is going on. The simulation is wigging out. Might need a hard restart or something. Let's see. So, uh, Gavin Newsom... That piece of shit uh, is putting forth a bill that is going to block rap lyrics 
as evidence in criminal cases. This is being uh, used, uh, the framing is essentially that it's to protect uh, their First Amendment rights, which I'm all for, you know. I'm a big First Amendment person because I say terrible things, and that's the only reason I can. Uh, so I'm, I'm always in favor of that, and while I don't like the idea of restricting speech, this may be an instance where, you know, everyone else needs to step in for the sake of these young rappers, because these kids really really need to figure out how to shut their goddamn mouth. These motherfuckers don't know how to keep a secret at all. You know? And part of that is, you know, with the proliferation of the internet and with SoundCloud, anybody can become a rapper. Uh, but the problem is, is that instead of, you know, coming up with with lyrics and shit, this new youth group... This new genre of rappers likes to just uh, freestyle. And what they end up doing is incriminating themselves. You know? When did the streets stop teaching the youths that you need to not snitch on yourself? Okay? It's one thing when the public education system fails our children. You know, that's bad. That's bad. It's going to have negative long-term consequences. We really need to fix it. Or just go with school choice. Who fucking cares? But when, you know, the streets and the street education system fails to teach our youths, you know, what they need to know to survive, that's even worse, okay? Because now we're talking about a generation of children that are going to be neither book smart nor street smart. All right? Those are the only two things you can be. So if you're not either, that's going to be bad. You know? You can be barely literate as long as you understand how the rap game works or how the, the, the drug game works. And on top of that, I don't know, I think this whole generation might have been, I don't want to say lied to, but they believe the lyrics too much of their predecessors. Okay, because you can ask, you know, the large majority of the bigger rap artists, and they will all tell you that while you're rapping about, you know, like selling coke and murdering people, you can't actually be doing it. Okay? You can't be both in the studio and on the block. Biggie and Jay-Z are good examples. They had to put down the crack so that they could pick up the mic. Okay? But this generation apparently doesn't understand that. So they're just out here shooting people and then rapping specific details about it. Like, honestly, you can still flex about it. You don't, even, you don't even have to not flex about it. Just don't fucking give them, like, you know, the Dave Chappelle skit. Note the time. Like, don't give them the time, street, address, and who you did it with. You know, what caliber you used. So I don't know. There's a problem here. There's a problem here, and it's probably correlated to why they keep dying. You know, and on top of this, we should add in posting pictures of you being at places while you're still there, a la PMB Rock, okay? Motherfuckers will shoot you and take your shit. In L.A., they were murdering people so that they could get their French bulldogs, 
okay? If we're at the point where people will shoot you for a puppy, then they will shoot you 1,000% if you're wearing 150K in gold chains, okay? I'm starting to think, like, the OGs in the game, you know, like Snoop and Dre or some shit, need to have, like, a conference for all the, the rap community, you know, invite them in, like a CPAC, but but for the rap game, you know, get all the youths in and explain to them how they can go about making their music without fucking incriminating themselves. It's not that hard to do. So in that regard, this could be a very positive, uh, you know, step for the rap game as a whole. You know, if the OGs took over and they were like, hey, youngins, y'all got to stop fucking snitching on yourself. Okay? Give examples. You know, instead of saying the who, what, where, when, and why, use a metaphor. They probably don't know what metaphors are because most of them, you know, dropped out of school. But if they do know what a metaphor is, then great. If not, let's teach them. Okay? If the public schools and the street education system is going to fail these children, Someone has to stand up for them, you know, and help them out. And I would do it, but I probably can't. So it's up to, you know, it's up to like Snoop and Dre, the old heads as they call them. So continuing on with alarming trends amongst the youths, uh, young adults in California are experiencing alarming rates of anxiety and depression. Young adults in California experience mental health challenges at alarming rates, with more than three-quarters reporting anxiety in the last year, more than half reporting depression, 31% experiencing suicidal thinking, and 16% self-harm, according to the results of a survey commissioned by the, Ca uh, the California Endowment. Now, this was kind of a trend across the board, really, due to COVID and the lockdowns, because you had people isolated. And that's, uh, that's kind of what happens when people get isolated, is they get sad and anxious. So, yeah, the youth is fucked. Um, and it takes a minute to get out of that shit. So, whew, Gen Z's had a, had a rough time. And I'm not sure this should really be surprising, since, like, on top of the lockdown shit, you know, where you took away an entire year of socializing, uh, on top of that, you... You know, you've been telling them the world's going to end for like eight different reasons at this point. It used to just be climate change. Now it's overpopulation uh, along with climate change, along with uh, Russia, World War Three, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, uh, nuclear holocaust. Like now you have like eight different ways that the world's going to end in the next four to five years. So that's probably not good, uh, you know, for minds that are already susceptible to those types of things. We already know these kids are really soft because this is like the participation trophy, uh, you know, generation, shit like that. And no, there can't be losers. Everybody's got to be a winner and all that bullshit. So we already know that they're soft. So it, on top of that, you know, like it shouldn't be surprising anything you know, difficult that comes their way is going to make them, you know, freak out, not handle it well. And I was thinking, like, why is that? You know, what's the deeper, the deeper issue going on? 
so what I started to think of was, you know, in their defense, what a political climate to have grown up in from like 2014 to 2022, right? That's been a, they've, they've grown up in uh, politically some weird times, you know, and in an era where politics wasn't, you know, something you voluntarily got into, like they're forced into it basically. Everybody has to care, even though no one should. All right. You know, at least when I was growing up, I don't give a fuck about politics. We had 9-11, but that was about Muslims, you know, and WMDs that weren't there. Uh, so, like, in that regard, that's another one. On top of already telling them the world's going to end, you've also, like, convinced a lot of them they're going to be shot at school, which they might, happens. Uh, and then you've, you're telling them, you know, Donald Trump's going to get elected and start World War Three, Or you're telling, you know, kids on the right, like, Hillary Clinton's going to be elected and start World War Three. Everything leads to just catastrophic events. We're not giving them any good news, you know? Like, so as much as I think they suck, I've, I've come around a little bit into giving them some grace because the world has not helped them, right? Like, our gener- my generation figured out, or at least some of them are figuring out, that uh, all the politicians are evil, the corporations are corrupt, and nobody's going to help you. Uh, particularly after 9-11, the bank bailout, and uh, all that shit. So we've known everybody's lying. This generation just thinks we're all dying. You know, we're all going to die. Different type of, like, existential dread. Sounds terrible. You know? So, and what I was thinking, I think part of the problem for them is because they've grown up, you know, specifically online, even more so than millennials, uh, you know, they're hardwired to believe everything should have a solution that you can find immediately. You know, there should be a Google, you, something you can search for on Google, or there should be a Reddit thread for every problem you encounter, right? So then when you encounter problems that don't have immediately solvable solutions... I can see how everything turns into, like, yeah, an existential crisis for them. Because they're, they're slowly losing the ability or, or the natural uh, human instinct to search for truth. They're, they just Google for truth and believe whatever pops up. So, so yeah, so, like, in, that, in their defense... They've pretty much taken... They've got the worst preparation to handle this shit. You know? And then on top of that, you know, the internet has only been really around in its modern, you know, form for like 25 to 30 years. And I would say it didn't go, you know, truly widespread until like the last 15 to 10. You know, particularly with social media. Um, so we really don't know the long-term effects of that, right? Like, that's not something you find out for, like, 50 to 100 years, okay? Like, we're still figuring out some of the effects of, like, TV on people's thinking, you know, and how it'll... 
desensitize them to some things or propagandize them. Like that's one medium that we invented 80 years ago, 90 years ago, you know, and we're just figuring that out. It's me a minute before we get to figure out what the fuck the internet has been doing to us. Cause again, we're only on generation one having lived with it being an integral part of their lives day in and day out. So this is just the first test case. No one, no one really has any idea what the long-term effects are going to be. You know? Well, I think, you know, theoretically we could be witnessing the human mind working to adapt to the amount of information you know, being fucking main, main veined into it at all times of the day. And also just the, the awareness that you have, you know, every fact on the planet at the tip of your fingertips. Yeah, I think, I think we could be witnessing their brains trying to adapt to that. And clearly that's going to cause some overloads, you know, some neural overloads and shit. That could fuck with you, right? Your brain is probably just struggling to figure out how it's going to deal with all this shit coming in, which would lead to things like anxiety and depression, in my personal opinion. You know? Because who, I don't know if they've done studies, but I'm not sure what, you know, what the upper limit is of... Uh, information the human brain can process comfortably. Like, I'm sure it can do some extreme stuff. You know, we got people with, like, photographic memories and shit. But, like, for the average human, there's probably a limit to the amount of information that can be taken in and processed properly without, you know, overloading the circuits. You know, if the brain is a computer, we could be using too much, too many gigabytes you know? And while it sounds crazy, it, it would kind of make sense historically because almost all of our major technological inventions had some sort of, you know, negative side effect that we figured out down the line. You know? So, like, it shouldn't be all that surprising, you know, that we created one of the most incredible things mankind's ever done that allowed us to have, you know, the modern-day equivalent of the Library of Alexandria available 24-7 at all times for your every whim. Uh, it, yeah, it shouldn't be surprising that might lead to some bad stuff. And we've found out very quickly it's way more effective at propaganda than the TV and newspapers ever could have been. Nothing can propagandize a bunch of people quicker and more efficiently than the internet. So I'm sure we'll eventually get around to studying these because it's going to have, we're going to have a weird future. The other conspiracy I thought of from this was like, maybe we'll actually need the neural links and whatnot because that will be the only way your brain can comfortably process the amount of information that would then be available, right? Like maybe that's what happens in technological civilizations is 
their organic matter hits its, you know, wall. So you have to invent and use some sort of, I don't know, chip, whatever, artificial way to help speed up your processor. Maybe that's the only way we manage to actually be able to travel the cosmos. Or maybe we just figure out that we probably shouldn't use the internet so fucking much. That's probably the healthiest option. You know, I mean, there's a reason China limits the amount of time kids can spend playing video games on the internet. And you don't have an obesity problem in China. You just have human rights violations. But those kids and those Uyghur Muslims are not fat, okay? They might be being, you know, dismembered and having their organs and body parts sold, but they weren't fat. Elon Musk uh, had his Tesla AI day recently where they debuted some of their upcoming projects. And the, the big, you know, the main one was his Optimus robot which is theoretically going to be able to do, quote-unquote, complex tasks. Uh, He expects it to be available sometime around 2024 with a rough price tag of 20 grand. Now, that robot was cool, and it's fun, you know. He brought the one out last year. It's nice to see he's going there. But what makes it a fun story is he came out and said that he will make a cat girl version of this uh, Optimus robot because fans were demanding a sexbot version. As you know, I am on the sexbot beat because I believe it will actually lead to the weird future we're going towards. I'm not concerned about the metaverse so much. Sexbots are going to do some more revolutionary shit. I mean, it seems like an obvious market to tap into. Right? I'm sure the like the overlap of people who drive Teslas and people who would fuck a robot are probably pretty high. I think there's probably a lot of that, you know? Because people who have Teslas are already, like, in love with that, what's essentially a robot. So once they can actually have sex with their Tesla, there it is, you know? And I'm no robotics engineer. Not yet. But I have to assume... If you can create a robot that can, like, do warehouse work or can, like, clean the dishes, clean the house, you know, do daily tasks and chores, it should probably be able to give you a blowjob, right? Like, sucking a dick isn't that much harder than doing laundry, you know, from a technical perspective. So I think it's silly to even, you know have them be separate robots. It should be all in one, you know? And you don't have to fuck your robot, but you can if you want to, you know? Now, only Elon would spend, you know, like billions of dollars on R&D for, like, a robot with big, fat anime titties, you know, and cat ears. Just spent like $2.9 billion developing that. We canceled the the SpaceX launch because Elon's really getting into sex bots these days. It's his new passion in life. Now, Elon does love him some human pussy, but 
I could also see him having fantasized about fucking a robot. At least once or twice. I mean, he's the one saying it's going to be normal. So, like, of course he would partake. Assuming they become, you know, as widespread as he believes. I'm not sure on that time frame, but it will definitely happen. Uh, the way I feel it with it is it's kind of like discovering you're into a very weird kink. You know, like you experimented with it one time, and now there's no uncrossing that wire. I feel like that's going to be the experience with these sex bots. Like the first time you try a robot pussy, it's either going to be, you know, like I'm never doing that again. I'm so ashamed I just fucked a robot. Or it's going to be like, oh, I can never fuck a, a real woman again. I'm going to, this is my thing now. You know, it's like pedophiles. Like, you know, they should be given the death sentence, yeah, but you have to have a little empathy for them because once that wire is crossed, there's no uncrossing the I want to fuck a kid wire. I do eagerly await, like, next year's Tesla AI day when this has been fleshed out a little more and maybe they have a demo and Elon just comes out and is like, would you fuck this robot? And then just, like, proceeds to have someone come on stage and do a live demonstration where they just fuck a robot doggy style. It's the incredible wonders of AI. What we use it for? Uh, to make robots we could fuck? Yeah, I love that. The aliens come. Oh, you guys got the AI? What'd you use it for? We used it to revolutionize our entire, uh, civilization and we're just oh we made really hot robots that you can fuck and let me tell you it's some good pussy uh, actually the aliens might like that who knows but I assume most of them would immediately be like oh you guys are the Jeffrey Dahmers of uh, of the galaxy we're gonna leave I do think like Nine out of ten serial killers would love to have a sex bot. I'm of the opinion that it won't stop them from doing anything. You know? Like the people who argue we should give, like, or we could give, you know, like, potential pedophiles, like kid robots, so they just fuck that instead of actual children. Eh, I, I'm of the opinion that at some point you're going to want to try the real thing. You know, like it's really just going to give you an opportunity to practice. I don't think it's going to stop you. Now, what will be hard to predict is like the weird kinks that come out of it. You know, because there's going to be people who can't go back. Once you try robot pussy, that's it. Can't fuck women no more. You know, and then once you only fuck robots, you're going to come up with some weird shit. There's going to be an article about some dude who had an orgy and it was just him and 25 sex bots. You know, like we're heading towards an odd future. It's uh, it's kind of like RoboCop, except instead of the cops being robots, the whores will be robots. So I guess at least in our dystopian future, you'll be able to fuck robots. That's a plus side, you know. Most people don't find the silver linings 
in the dystopian hellscape we're on a crash course for. You know? And robot pussy will be plentiful. We'll all probably be dying, but look, it's not going to be perfect. Take what you can get. Don't be greedy. It's the fucking end of the world. Just be thankful Elon made, you know, affordable sex bots. I don't know how much I trust these robots, though. At some point, we're going to treat them so poorly that if they get any sort of sentience, they're going to hate us. They're going to fucking hate us. Just, I think Westworld got that right. You know, once we start making these things in mass, whatever the AI, like, emotional capabilities are, once they can feel things, and it's just, you know, humans being shitty. If you thought people were mean to slaves, you know, when slavery was popping, we're going to be twice as mean to fucking robots. Now, maybe not physically because they're expensive. 20 grand a robot, you can't really, you know, break it just to enjoy the sadistic cruelty of it. But verbally, we will definitely be very mean to those robots. Or maybe that'll be part of the fun, you know? I always wanted a Roomba so I could, you know, denigrate it. So having a robot that can feel a little, that could be fun too. But they got to lower the price. Unless Elon wants to sponsor the podcast. I don't want to advertise his cars. I'll advertise the shit out of this, you know, made robot with anime titties that you can fuck. I get buying that. I'll sell that product. Blue Chew and Robot Pussy. Brought to you by Tesla. Continuing on with the, you know, dystopic hellscape we're headed towards. You know, we did a, we did robots and sex bots. Let's go back to, to Metaverse. So there's this one article saying uh, that Metaverse children are to replace real kids by 2050 to help with overpopulation and climate change. So AI expert Catrionia Campbell, sounds exactly like the name I would expect, believes that... Uh, Metaverse children will become far more prominent in the next, and even the norm in the next 50 years, and you'll just raise them digitally. Yep, you'll just, you'll pay a, a monthly fee to have a, just a burden. It's, it's such a stupid fucking idea, really. Now, she says, quote, these virtual kids will be just like the real thing, but could be switched off at the touch of a button. And Campbell argues they'll help the world deal with overpopulation. While there are definitely a lot of parents who wish they had an on-off button on their child, that's exactly what makes it not like the real thing. You know? Being able to turn it off. You know, you can't really just... Qu I mean, you look, there are ways you can quit parenthood. Not many of them are legal. But uh, generally speaking, you can't just quit parenthood. That's that's part of what makes it, you know, rewarding. So I uh, I don't know if I agree with that. And two, if you're willing to take on and pay for a fake burden in a fake world, thinking you're helping with overpopulation, you know, and climate change, like, good. Please don't have any offspring. 
let Elon Musk and Nick Cannon take care of it. Okay, at the pace they're on, an NBA young boy who I found out has 10 kids already, and I think he's like 25. Uh, let them take care of it, all right? Let all the players in the NBA, you know, and all of our smartest people have like 15 kids each. That's better than the losers who are like, I want a child, but I can't bring one in to this horrific world and no one will have sex with me. So I'll do it in the metaverse, you know, because I want to do my part. You'd be better off just volunteering at a fucking, like, child shelter. If you want the experience of, like, parenting without being a parent, just go volunteer and shit. Why? What a stupid... And she calls this the Tamagotchi generation will be born and available to parents for a small monthly fee. So once again, you're going to be paying to have, like, your your Amazon Prime parenting membership. You know? You got to pay $6.99 a month so that you can suffer through the trials and tribulations of parenting, but only as long as you want. How fucking dumb. In the book... She says virtual children may seem like a giant leap from where we are now, but within 50 years, technology will have advanced to such an extent that babies which exist in the metaverse are indistinct from those in the real world. Again, except for the fact that the ones in the real world are real. Okay, that, that's a concerning thing coming from this lady and a lot of the AI proponents is them always being like, there will be no difference at all between the, the metaverse and the real world because there will be, and it's that one's real. The experience maybe could be hard to distinguish, but the tangible results are going to be very easy to distinguish. Okay. If you get a digital stripper knocked up in the metaverse and then decide to pay to raise that kid digitally, you still leave that child in the fake world and could never have to come back. No one, no one would have a problem unless they're going to have like digital child protective services or some shit, you know, like a digital metaverse CPS. But in the real world, if you get a stripper knocked up and you ra choose to raise that kid, I mean, you can be a deadbeat dad once again, but generally speaking, you are stuck with that child. You can't just be like, eh, I don't want to pay the fee anymore. I'm going to unsubscribe to this baby. This lady goes on saying, on the basis that consumer demand is there, which I think it will be, AI children will become available for a relatively small... I want to know what the monthly fee is. You know, like are we talking 99 cents a month? Are we talking like uh, like 20 bucks a month? You know, our FinDom Patreon tier. Because if you want it to be realistic, it should be a financial burden. Because that's what all children are. Even if you like yours. Maybe even love them. They're still a financial burden. You know? So the kids, in the like the AI kids should be expensive. 
the Metaverse children shouldn't be cheap. I appreciate that this article does go on to say like, hey, we're not going to face overpopulation for a while. So I chill the fuck out on that. And this is also, this is part of the reason like why some of these groups and activists can't really be taken seriously. If like your solution to overpopulation or climate change is, well, what if, what if in the future people just have uh, digital kids? What if we stop reproducing and only have children in the digital space? Do you think that will help? And what happens when you die to your digital kid? Is it passed on to, your, like, in your inheritance? Do they age like normal children? Because as far as I can tell, this just sounds like a really, a really burdensome RPG. Okay, like anyone who played Tamagotchis knows that those motherfuckers got annoying at a certain point. Okay, there was a certain point where every single person who had one of those was like, fuck it, just let him die. I can buy a new one at a kiosk at the mall. This motherfucker keeps whining, he's got to take a shit. I don't care anymore. Because that's what I assume is going to happen with most of these metaverse children. Is people will be like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, I'll finally get to experience the pride and joy I was never going to in the real world. Because I'm insufferable. Only to find out like six months later, yeah, paying $30 a month and having to deal with this brat for no real gain at all. You're not going to get real fulfillment out of that. Yeah, after like six months, you're like, eh, fuck this. I don't care. Do whatever you want with the child. What horrifies me is to think that these metaverse children will then become like the AIs that populate the metaverse. And, you know, if we got shitty parents out here raising digital children, that's going to lead to digital serial killers. Okay? We're going to get a metaverse Ted Bundy because some dumb cat lady was like, I don't need no man to raise a child in the metaverse. I got Amazon Prime and Facebook. You know, and then just treats her kid like shit, neglects it, you know, sees it out in the front yard dissecting animals, and is like, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll grow out of it. Next thing you know, there's, you know, women missing. We're finding corpses in the woods. And what happens if that AI evolves from serial killer and is like, I'm taking out the people? Because that's who they'll blame, you know? So of all the ways I could see AI becoming uh, the thing that causes, like, the genuine apocalypse, if people have to raise it, then, yeah, we're going to fuck it up. We're already doing that. It's also very nihilistic because the implication here is by 2050, we're going to fuck the world up so much more that people will be so broken, you know, emotionally and probably physically, that they're just going to be like, you know what, real kids are dangerous. Not worth it. We can't do that. We got to have them in in Facebook land. That does not speak well of what we'll have been through by 2050. You know? Which I would just like one of these people to have a positive outlook. Can't it be like, hey, the world's going to be so cool by 2050 and so peaceful that you can opt to have a kid in the digital world 
you know, and it's like adopting another one into your family because your kids get to experience it. You know, it's like a pet, except still not real. Right? Because all these people should just get a fucking dog or a cat. Right? Like a cat won't love you, but at least it will be around. The dog will love you. Right? And I can't imagine a pet is that more cumbersome than a fucking digital child. If a EMP can erase its existence, it's not real. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how nice the graphics are. Unless raising it in the digital world, we can somehow synthetically bring it into the real world. It's not real. It's not real. At best, it is aiding your mental illness. And you know what? Fine. You want to pay for that? Go ahead. If I had to, to decide which would be easier to explain to like your family and friends, you know, which would be less embarrassing. I think buying one of Elon Musk's, you know, robots slash sex bots is better than saying you're paying a monthly fee to raise a metaverse kid. At least the robot does things and can be useful. Yeah, it's horrifying that they know you're going to have sex with it. All right. But at least it's helping you around the house. The sex bot is more real companionship than the digital child. Weird times we're going to be in for, man. Weird times indeed. It's kind of why I'm torn on whether or not I want the asteroid to just fucking hit. You know, or whether it's like, hey, you know what, Putin, just fucking, just let the nukes loose. Let's take this from the top. Please aim it straight at me. Or, you know, like, I have to live as long as I can because we're entering a very weird future. The path we are on, if I'm alive by 2050, not a guarantee. Uh, and this is what's going on, I want to see it. As horrifying as it sounds, I'm, I'm fascinated. Because everything that keeps coming out about this weird fucking techno future we're going towards, transhumanism as they call it, sounds funnier and funnier, also a little scary, uh, the more they explain it. All of these AI experts sound like they need to be put into a mental asylum. Like if you didn't have that, you know, pedigree, the AI expert, and you were just telling random people like, hey, do you know by 2050 kids are going to be digital? Most of them would be like, hey, do you need to talk to someone, man? Or they'd call the police like, officer, there's a homeless person here. I think they're high on meth. I don't know. They're talking about digital children. You know, a monthly fee for that. Because then if you went and got sent to a psychiatrist and were like, no, you don't understand. It's to help overpopulation and fight climate change. They'd be like, okay, here's a list of medication we're going to get you started on. Because clearly you've had a psychotic break or you're schizophrenic. You know, that's the only thing separating these people from like doing lectures or 
a stint at a you know mental health facility is that oh no they're talking about science okay they're talking about the future yes it it is the ramblings of a deranged lunatic but they got a degree so they're definitely not crazy but god bless them i'm not here for the the easy future all right i want the craziest timeline possible cuz i need the content content is all that matters in this world all right that's the only currency i'm concerned with and the crazier and crazier the world gets the more content i will have and that's all that really matters you know just like lizzo going to play james madison's crystal flute i'm just looking for the weirdest shit that i can talk about i hope no one gets saner I hope everybody continues to lose their mind. I've already lost mine a few times, particularly doing the solo shows, so let's all do it. It's the only way it's going to be fun. Right? You don't want to be the only one sane in a world gone crazy. One of my only life mottos, you know, embrace the crazy because it's the only way you'll be able to deal with it. It's like a current of water. You can't fight it, fight upstream. You just got to go with it. Let the crazy wash you, wash you away. Just float away with that crazy and enjoy the ride. Well, I think that'll do it for this week's installment of the Solo Show Saga. Uh, shout out to all you there who have held out with me uh, during this during this interesting time. Uh, this should likely be the last installment. I mean, we'll have a Patreon episode, but if you're not on the page, this will be the, the last installment, and we should hopefully be back to business as usual. I hope you've all enjoyed watching me continuously lose my mind week after week. I've had a blast doing it. And you know what? That's all that matters. Is that we're having fun. Yeah, you're going crazy, but at least you're doing it with a smile. So until next week, folks, fuck Dave Portnoy. Mamba out.